is a future. This week is based continuing the same reading on 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And two words will form the sermon title today. While we are in this tent, we groan, but God has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Groaning and guarantee are aspects of, of life in this Pentecostal church. And indeed, both of which revolve around the Holy Spirit. First, the groaning. That's a rare word in the New Testament. It does mean what it seems to mean, that deep-seated, almost existential moan and groan. I think the root meaning might be to squeeze. Yes, as we live by faith, knowing we've got a future and eternity with God, there's still this groaning. Paul says it here twice. We groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. We groan, he says, because we are unclothed. We want to have that eternal clothing. Groan. I can give an example from my personal life. Many of you know, if you've heard previous sermons, that my exercise routine involves, pretty much exclusively involves, cycling classes because of a little bit of arthritis, knees and ankles. I can't run anymore, at least not for long, and without pain. And so years ago, my wife got me into those, those cycling classes with a leader on the stationary bike. And I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm about the oldest guy in there, usually mostly women with these young women teaching, although there's a guy who teaches. And even if they didn't know my age or could tell from appearance, they could tell from sound. Because as we're cranking that resistance really high and then standing in the bike to climb a hill, I'm groaning. My wife sometimes records on her phone the class so that she can do it if she can't make it at its schedule. And a couple of times she said, Craig, on my recording, all I could hear were your groans. <laughs> it is a symptom, I think, of being an old man compared to the others there. But it's also something you know, no matter what your age. We know it in the church. Someone will notify me somehow, some way, that somebody's got a big problem or somebody's upset and I often audibly will groan oh. or someone's been re-diagnosed with cancer and we groan or another pastor declines our call I've heard it from you after the announcement 
or grown. It's not good. Indeed, the other times that this word appears in the Bible, it appears to be a bad thing, or at least a symptom of what's bad. It's used one time of Jesus in, in Mark chapter 7, where he's about to heal a deaf man. He looks to heaven and groans. He says, I've got to deal with this world's sickness and sin. Even Jesus himself, a couple of other times in Hebrews and the letter of James, it's, it's rebuked. Pastors should not groan as they serve, or this would not be beneficial for you. And James tells us not to groan against each other. It is almost inherently sinful, but it's part and parcel of our life in this sinful world and of our nature. It is characteristic of the old man. Not in earthly age, but in spiritual terms, that old Adam, that old Eve, ladies. <laughs> Contaminated by sin and knowing it, I pray you confess it. Indeed, maybe with groans too deep for words, God, I need you. I want you. And he answers. Here's where the spirit comes in. The word is used, not the verb, but the noun, one other time in the New Testament. You may know this verse, Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 26. We do not know what to pray for as we ought. So many times our prayers are just groans, confession of sin, I pray, a desperate pleas to God, maybe not even knowing specifics. We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Spirit takes your sinful groans, sanctifies them with Christ's righteousness, bring them, brings them to the Father's throne for God's answer. Indeed. Paul couches it here in 2 Corinthians 5 as a guarantee. God has given us the Spirit as a Guarantee. I did like the translation that you, you have in the pews that actually use two words to express this. One, as a deposit guarantee. That's what this word means. It's really just a Hebrew word to which they added or used Greek letters. It is uh, that anticipatory, earnest money. Now, most of us are of an age where maybe a home has been purchased or some property, and you know what earnest money is. It is that deposit. The King James Version actually uses those terms. 
guaranteeing that you will follow through on the transaction, right? You put down $5,000 or $10,000 or whatever so that the full sale will be completed, the transaction done. And that's the Holy Spirit. That deposit, that guarantee we have that the work is done and we shall see it as we groan. The Spirit is called a guarantee. In Ephesians chapter 1, the only other place in the New Testament this word is used. Maybe that can be a, a new title growingly among us and beyond. We, we call the Spirit, you know, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Helper. They're all based on a word you'll sing in the final stanza, the Paraclete, the Encourager. But the Spirit is the deposit, the guarantee. I shared last week that the Spirit works simply by witnessing to Jesus Christ. Anytime you are reminded, ears and heart, mouth, head with water, of the work of Jesus in the Bible, in communion, in your baptism. That's the Holy Spirit depositing the transaction again to assure you. It comes up on every page of the Bible, just about especially in the New Testament. And again here in this text, we had it last week where the Apostle Paul emphasized the resurrection of Jesus. Here again in the verses that close, Paul emphasizes we have concluded this. One died for all. He died for all. So that we may not live for the, ourselves, themselves, but for him who, for their sake, died and was raised. Jesus paid the price for our sin, groaning on the tree we sing, and rose from the dead to say, it is finished. It is done. God is with you. And in this groaning, with this guarantee, you go forth. Both things. With the Spirit equipping you. There's an interesting line that starts verse 5. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. God has prepared you through this. The future you have by faith, the home in heaven, making it through the groanings of this life. That's why the closing verses are so important. Paul says, we know the fear of the Lord. We've got all this, so we persuade others. He says, we no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died as we go forth. And finally, he emphasizes indeed that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. Now there's a newness to our life. 
to go forth in the midst of groaning with the Spirit's guarantee to, to share Christ with others. That will be more the message next week as we look at the, the, the marks of ministry. But for now, yes, with groanings, but with the Spirit's guarantee of Christ's saving work. That's life in this Pentecostal church.